0: Let me tell you a little something about The Chronic Gals. Just two best buds in the very best pals. Talking about cannabis, that good, that tree. So grab a joint and just spark with me.
1: Hey! Hi! Welcome to another episode of The, the Chronic, chronic gals. gals. I'm Riley. And I'm Ashleen. And we are here today welcoming our new producer. Yay, yay, yay. Welcome, Evan Aguilar. Yay. Hello. Hello. That's right. You heard it. Uh, Evan's our brother. Evan is our little brother. And we are so excited to welcome him to the team. Yes. He's an airbending wizard. Yes. Mm-hmm. And including the audio airwaves. Including yes. the audio airwaves. He's
0: so zodiac s- sign. Just always need to make that clear. Oh, yeah. Clear sign. He is. It just makes sense. All air. across the board. Absolutely. Bald, yes. All across the board. Every yeah. aspect All of being an You need is a
1: blue arrow on your head and you would be hanging.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: He, <laughs> he's One Punch Man now. Yeah. i'm
0: both i'm yeah. the fact that there's two like iconic bald anime that's... characters is very empowering i love that <laughs> it is very empowering.
1: that's good that's, that's awesome lot, yeah. way to go anime mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. way to be inclusive yeah
0: anime is very inclusive that's cool. it really is when yeah. you think about it yeah
1: tentacle porn nope. yeah.
0: even that the other day man they're there's cool. a king for everybody yeah exactly
1: that's true Indeed, yeah. Dude, anime goes crazy. Anime yeah. does
0: go crazy. There's <laughs> like, in One Punch Man, there's a superhero who is, uh, I mean, yeah, no, he's gay. He's a gay uh, superhero who escapes prison, but he's a, like a clown mime. Like, what? and he's like just extra jacked, like extra <laughs> swole.
1: Whoa.
0: And he like fights crime naked.
1: What? that's
0: like the essential like that's what? yeah, it's not there's not a lot like about him, but he's just a character, yeah, and that's how deep it goes and how crazy, crazy and unique that is, wow, yeah, one hilarious of a kind. i he's one of my favorite characters because he is hilarious
1: uh, interesting, yeah, fascinating, yeah, I mean, it really makes you want to like examine the mind of the Japanese who like create these mm-hmm. really insane like they have True. I don't even know no clue w- nope. like where to even begin but I mean the like pressure cooker of like living with Asian parents yeah you know, in that kind of like intense environment it's true mixed with who knows what I don't know so interesting yeah mm-hmm. fascinating we should talk to an anime <clears throat>
0: cartoonist
1: that'd be super really fun cool. who smokes weed that'd be really cool they exist. I'm they sure
0: exist. there's. I'm sure Email there's anime about wheat. <clears throat> you know, oh, like there's...
1: there's an anime for everything. Oh, dude, there's there's one, um, on the one Major laser. Day. Oh yeah, that that show was so good. It's. I mean, yeah, I guess I would consider it anime because it's an animated show. That show, have you seen it, mm. Evan? You need to go. You would. I think you would really enjoy. That. What's it <laughs> called? Major Laser by Major, like the guy that Major Laser the musician? DJ musician guy. Okay. Sure. It's so good. Just go watch it. Everybody go watch All it. All right. Cool. Yeah. Down. Yeah. It's great. Super great. But yeah, I'm still super excited to welcome you to the yes. show. Yes. More importantly. And you're producing yes. powers. So, so thankful that you're here. hmm
0: Yes. I'm glad I have the opportunity to produce.
1: Yeah. Produce? It's super
0: have a fun. a place to produce.
1: And you just turned 21. Mm-hmm. And so, it was interesting, and I guess maybe I'll let Riley take it from here, but, like, you, based on our questions and conversations with our interviewee today, like, it made you kind of think, I'll just let you go. Yeah, sorry, I have, like, weed all over my mouth. That's okay. <laughs> I just feel like I'm not gonna no. explain it adequately, so. That's great. I well, well, so, today, we talked to Allison Gordon. She's an amazing woman up in Canada who co-founded... Uh, 48 North, which is one of the um, amazing grows up in Canada, (coughs) and we were talking about how the culture has changed from the underground culture that it was in the 80s and 90s, so I thought it was kind of an interesting perspective that we have somebody who is literally so freshly 21, who is kind of... Knows the culture of cannabis, but also like is new to this new legal realm. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. want to know, Evan, like your perspective on legalization and like the cannabis industry as a whole, since it legalized when you were a teenager. So mm-hmm. it's just a it's just an interesting perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Spill, tell me For about sure. it. <laughs>
0: uh, um, yeah. I guess when weed was legalized. Sorry, was so right in your face. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, when weed was legalized, it was right when I was starting high school. So, I mean, weed was always like a high school kind of thing, air quotes. But... Um,
1: like where you hang out with friends and just chill and it's like...
0: Yeah. I hadn't necessarily been around it. Like, mm-hmm. none of my friends did it, so I wasn't around it. But I was around people at school who yeah. had done it.
1: I was was cool, with,
0: it. Yeah, I was cool with everyone, so I just, like, would hear stuff and be like, oh, that's awesome,
1: mm-hmm. cool.
0: But, um, yeah, no, when it's, or as I progressed through high school, you know, it was just kind of more of, like, a pretty normal thing. It wasn't as scandalous as uh myself, or I guess all of us grew up, just because we were in a yeah. Catholic household. But, um... Yeah, when I started consuming more so in college, I still kind of felt like I got that, like, same, have to hit up the dealer at a sketchy time and meet and feel extremely uncomfortable. Totally. Oh, man. I remember, like, sitting actually in college, like, at so-and-so's dorm and, like, not knowing how to get in because it's, like, key cards to get into the things. So you have to, like, be smart and wait for someone to leave or go in and, like, swoop in or, like, have the dude be nice enough to come down. That's tough. But there are things like that, and you got to watch out for, like, a shit ton of, like, campus security mm-hmm. and stuff. And so, yeah, I had my fair share of those, like, sketchy little run-ins. Yeah. But now that I'm 21, and, like, weed's been legal for, I guess, seven years out of my 21 li- 21 years of life, which is that's why it just feels pretty normal. Like, I didn't yeah. really get the whole, like, it's a pretty private thing, and, like, yeah. it's been pretty chill and open ever mm-hmm. since I've been kind of... Known, been known about, yeah,
1: me, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, and we are, Ashleen and I are o- a little bit older than you are, so it's like we a little lot of it, though, a bit, little bit. lot of it, yeah, actually yeah. like, enough is, to be a significant, yeah. Ashleen is nine years older, and I'm six years older than you, yeah, so yeah, we definitely, I feel like, had a different experience around.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I always hear you guys talk about how, like, now you guys look at weed and it's like, you judge like, did I really get this much amount and like, oh, this doesn't look the greatest but like back in the day when you would get like an eighth or like a gram or two, it would be like the biggest deal ever. Exactly. And like, even my weed, when I had to like go from, or when I had to acquire in necessary means, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, it was like never like Garbage. Like, I never was really like, oh, man, like, this yeah. looks like I got, like, ripped off. It yeah. always was like, okay, this is, like, what I paid for, is, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just kind of made sense. Yeah. I never got the gross little twigs.
1: It was mostly on the East Coast that existed. No, I was literally just thinking about I feel like I've said this story here maybe before, but I'm going to say it again. When I was in college, living in New York City, We, before I found, like, the good deal, my good pal, my good friend dealer, I had to buy from this freaking sketchy dude, and we, like, literally met on the corner of the street, walked down the street, like, side by side together, (laughs) hand, he handed me, like, hand, at hand level, the bag, I handed him money, and then we turned, literally at the other side, like, we turned, ended the block, turned it, and then walked back to the dorms. Like, it was so obvious. (laughs) Wow. It was so... And then I... And... Um, But so we were like out on the street and where all the dorms are. And in New York, it's like your dorm is here and then across the street is your school. So your campus security is like always out. Plus we're walking by school buildings anyway. I remember doing that once when I came to visit you, and we like had to meet up with that with this guy, and that's exactly what you did. was like a street thing, and then I don't remember if we just went back upstairs. Or yeah, if we we just went back upstairs to look at what it was because we did look at what it was in the on the street. Oh, that's right, and that's it right. was fucking shit. Yeah, it was yeah, garbage. Yeah, yeah. It was like the bottom of the bag. Yeah. Like, crap shake, and I'm like, that motherfucker bought, sold me this fucking shit bag of weed because I'm a woman <laughs> and he has no idea where I'm from. He has no idea the cush I smoke. And you
0: didn't suck his dick or yeah, do I was like whatever, ob-
1: exactly. Yeah. Totally. I was so legs closed <laughs> above the board. Good. Under the Good. table, <laughs> you know? But, like,. I mean, but I mean, I would go, I literally would go from the city of Manhattan to Brooklyn for weed, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I did those trips, which is like, I don't know. I say that now, very cool, but (laughs) I was like, not cool on the trip, you know? Like, I was just like sitting there with my headphones, like, okay. Probably stoned from like hanging out in the house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But. That's funny. I don't know.
0: No, yeah, it's definitely.
1: It's very. I mean, like, that still happens in New York, too, because it's not legal there. Yeah. It's decriminalized. Uh, it's decriminalized, but not legal. That's, yeah. I'm New Jersey, New York I cool. just saw New Jersey's on their ballot this year. Cool. Which is cool. So, I mean, little by little. Mm-hmm.
0: I would be very surprised if there was, like, I mean, no, I'm going to say this. I'd be very surprised if there was, like, a lot of states where the populist vote wasn't, like, pro cannabis. I know. Like, truthfully, I, I know. I'd be very surprised.
1: Because the education hasn't been out there yet. Like, the good education? Yeah.
0: No, but I'd be surprised if, like...
1: Like, if it gets voted no? Or if it...
0: If the populace did, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Well, isn't a lot of... Isn't, like, cannabis legislation a thing that Congress has to pass and it's not even necessarily the thing that the voters vote on? I have no clue. I think... Think right? so. Like I think, isn't it, hasn't that been I the whole so. thing of like the House of Representatives have had to like put these bills together and then pass them to mm. the House and then pass them to the Senate and then pass them.
0: Or at least to maybe federally, at least because then it yeah. could be just like a That's state what I'm about. vote. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So but probably. so then,
1: if you're if you have mm. so if you're talking about federal and it's not the people who are actually voting on it, it's the politicians who are voting on it and you have corrupt politicians or politicians who aren't looking out for the will of the people in power, like, how is, it, like, even if the popular vote would be to legalize cannabis federally, like, can we count on our leaders to actually do what their incumbents want? You know, Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: At the electoral college, like, that falls for a lot of voting things. Right. Like, it's pretty whack that it's, a, a lot of our decisions are not even based on this. Yeah. Cause then, see that's when I'm like, yo, what happened to power of the people? Which is what the country is supposed to be founded on, anyway. You patriots, right? So, you right. know who call themselves supporting whatever. Like I don't know, it just doesn't make sense.
1: I know, it's not. It's hypocritical.
0: Any sense. It's like killing the original ideas of the country. It's true. Doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Hypocritical, like I said.
1: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Wild man. But that's why you need to vote. Go vote. Don't forget Absolutely. to vote. Don't forget to register to Definitely. vote. Early vote. Vote okay. now.
0: Make sure your vote thing you. know gets there. Know who
1: your leaders are. Like, yeah, vote really. Out the corrupt people. Yeah. Fuck those guys. And vote with your dollar. And vote with your dollar. You know us. But, We're always spouting. Vote with your dollar. Yeah, for real. Which, Which is, we actually talk about in this episode yeah. too. Oh, love mm-hmm. it. So we should probably just head into the episode Let's the do interview it. now. I love it. Thanks, Evan, for coming here and producing and being awesome and great. So and excited to have you popping out! Happy birthday! Yeah. So if you hear another voice, it's Evan. He'll be. He's basically oh, yeah. our Jamie. He's yeah. our. He's going to look our things up That's for right. us and tell mm-hmm. us all the information that we're saying that is wrong. I'll be <laughs> a, a quick
0: dictionary. Mm-hmm. Or like I say a quicktionary.
1: <laughs> oh, I was I not. K- that. I was
0: really fast. You're, <laughs> a You're, Yeah,
1: I was gonna say that. You did because I was not thinking quicktionary. I was thinking a quick dick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, That's great. Sorry, that's
1: funny. My bad.
0: I think Ashley got quicktionary. I
1: was about to say, Yep. yep nice. Yep. Nailed it. I but think it yeah, was out. that's good. And Perfect. Like, and like this joint is out, so are we. We'll talk to you guys on the other <laughs> side. See ya. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another session. I'm your host, Ashleen, And I'm Riley. And we are here with Allison Gordon. Allison, welcome.
2: Thank you, guys. I'm so excited to see you again.
1: I know. We are too. Um, We are really excited to be able to talk to you again because our first conversation happened like, right before a lot of the turmoil started happening here in the u.s with black lives matter and all of these things happened and then so it just kind of felt like a weird like a weird moment to release that conversation you know yeah for sure yeah so it was such a great conversation and we just yeah we we're keeping it to ourselves yeah
2: (laughs) as it probably should be (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah Um, so yeah, welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you're connected to the cannabis industry? Cause you're connected in some really fantastic ways. Yeah.
2: I mean, my first connection is of course, as a cannabis user. So I've been using cannabis since high school. I mean, back then we just called it weed or pot or whatever we call it. <laughs> um, my friends still say, can we call it weed again? I'm like, you can call it whatever you want. So yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I really was a regular user for a very, very long time. I still am. And I never thought of it as a career or, you know, something that I was going to get involved in in that way. But in 2008, I had a close family member diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer here in Canada, and her doctor recommended that she try medical cannabis. And I was like, Oh, my God, I didn't even know Canada had a medical cannabis program back then. And I started to look into it and get really excited about the possibilities of getting involved in this industry. And I didn't really make that leap until 2013. I had co founded an organization in 2001 called rethink breast cancer that worked with young women with breast cancer. And I love What I was doing. But in 2013, I decided, you know what, this organization is amazing, it'll be fine without me, we were national, I can jump into the industry. So I started out as the chief marketing officer for one of the companies that had a license application in, and I was like, yes, they're ready to go. Well, like most of the companies in Canada, they were delayed for about a year and a half as the government really (laughs) issued no licenses after the first, I think it was 12. And that wound up being actually a really good thing for me because we wound up raising additional capital, which I'd never been part of raising money in that way. I had raised money for Rethink Breast Cancer every year, but in this kind of more Financial markets, capital markets world is something that I didn't have access to. A lot of my friends didn't know about the industry either. As a woman, I think it just wasn't something I was taught or engaged in. So that was hugely important for me to see how that was working, especially at that time in cannabis, because everything was sort of happening And we went out and we purchased some assets in the US. And one of those assets was one of the four legally permitted dispensaries in Los Angeles, which we ultimately sold to MedMen, which was their very first store. So my experience through 2014 and 15 and even part of 16 was running back and forth from Toronto to Los Angeles, spending time in the dispensary (laughs) and seeing what was happening there in California when we first bought it, not only was it not legal in California, you still had to technically be a not-for-profit. So it was a very different time. But brands like Kiva and Venice Beach Cookie Company, which they were called at the time, were starting to come into the store, and I was like, okay, yes, this is a consumer packaged good industry. Different because it's weave, but you know that same idea that you're going to have products and brands and. But back in Canada, people were building out massive cultivation facilities, working in a medical market, and it took a while for Canada to catch up. Ultimately, I left that company and founded what is now 48 North, which is one of the licensed producers here in Canada. And really, I started that in 2016, the end of 16, and basically, I took over what was A company that had a facility built with no license. And I got it licensed, I raised 70 million for the company, I took the company public, we acquired other companies. And ultimately, we launched uh, products and brands into market. So that was a crazy two and a half years <laughs> doing that's all amazing. of that. Um, and and <laughs> that's, you know, what what I did. And then in March, I left the company. And now I'm doing lots of other stuff in the industry. But that's essentially my journey in this industry
1: what I love about you Allison is what I love is that you find something that you are into figure out how to make it work and then you're like okay they're good without me I'm going to move on to the next cool thing <laughs> like you just yeah you just make things happen like you like wind up the toy and let it go and then you're like okay what's the next toy for me to wind up yeah <laughs> like, I mean like, I
2: think this is so cool. an interesting thing that especially again, not to make it, it's not just gender or about women. I think there are many uh, groups that have not had access to the public understanding how the public markets work. And so for me, I don't know if it was luck or whatever it was, I sort of got to see behind the wizard's curtain and understand how that works. And I do think that I have a bit of an adrenaline junkie side, which like a startup and then, you know, things have to operate at a different level. And that truly isn't my experience to run a big manufacturing business. But at the same time, who knows? I did do it. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but thank you very much. And and I think it's it's just more fun to live life on the edge, right?
1: Oh, oh for sure. Absolutely jumping off the cliff. Yeah, like knowing that the universe has you. I love
2: that. Yeah, and it does. And really, it does. And I just think it's having great people around you, right? Like, this is the thing. I just give you that whole journey. And it sounds like, wow. But really, I mean, the 48 North brand, which has won awards here in Canada and brand of the year and all of these things, I get to stand up and accept the award. But quite frankly, I had the most incredible team that truly built the brand. So really, it's about creating a culture and people and somewhere that the really smart people want to work, because <laughs> that's the thing, right? Smart people up and Absolutely. want to do their own things. So can you entice them to be part of your vision?
1: Ooh, I love that. That's so that. cool. Well, I, feel it, like a lot of, I feel like a lot of conversations that I've been having with my friends right now who are women are like business minded conversations, like, how do we shift? business world to work in our favor like how do we learn the things that a lot of men have learned along the way like how do we step into these spaces and Mm -hmm. like you I feel like you're just like an inspiration for all of
2: that thank you but and I don't have like I don't have an MBA I was an academic actually I had started and dropped out of a PhD but it was more in philosophy and like you know that (laughs) kind of thing so I do. Donor numbers go up of women in business school and all of that. That that will change, but in my experience, in this world of banking and markets, it's still mostly mm-hmm. men, which makes it difficult. Because what I often say is, it's a language that if you don't learn it, it's like any other language. You don't understand what somebody's saying. It's not that it's Mm -hmm. such a difficult language, but if no one's taught it to you, it sounds like gobbledygook, right? You're talking about warrants and options and cap tables and all these things, shareholders agreements. And it's it's something that I think is challenging. And I really would love to in the future be able to like distill this down for everybody because it does create this uh, unfair power balance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm like, I want to absorb all of your knowledge. Yeah. Like,
1: teach me everything. Well, you guys
2: will figure it out. And now there's the internet, but I'm happy to teach yeah. anyone anything. If you have a business. talk afterwards.
1: That's great. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And then you said that you're involved in a couple other things for the cannabis industry. Now, are you able to talk about anything that you're doing yeah. now? Yeah.
2: So, you know, COVID hit right in March. I didn't know COVID was Going to hit. So I had thought, okay, I'm going to take off a few months, maybe like travel, maybe just decompress from having lived on a plane for all these years and running this company. And then suddenly within a couple days, it was like, oh, I guess I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know, I really started to explore and think about what parts of business in general, but also the cannabis business, especially here in Canada excited me and where I thought opportunity was and where I thought I could leverage my skill sets. And one of the things that is unique about this industry being an old industry, but then a new industry on the legal side of it is you don't have a lot of people who've been in it as long as I have, who've launched you know a lot of products in market, been through licensing, been through all of it, even retail engagement, distribution, all of these things. So I think, you know, recognize that there are a lot of companies out there in Canada and in the US, I'm sure, who have are growing great weed or have great products, they just don't even know how to get those into market. So yeah, a group of us who have a lot of experience came together and said, okay, we're starting a company called other people's pot. <laughs> <laughs> in Canada, our sort of police force Nash, like in Ontario, like, the national sorry the provincial police force is called the opp so we're the opp Um, and and the idea is we're working with people to help them get their products to market and once their products are in market ensure that really it's sales and distribution that they can get that pull through from the consumer um, I'm sorry from the retailer to the consumer and For me, it's about working with authentic brands that have good product and the right values, because that's what I think is important at all levels of this business in particular. And just being able to be known as a company that only works with great companies. So that helps our clients and and. It helps us as people. So that's essentially what we're doing, but it's all so much more because of course everyone needs help with so many things, but we, we want to play in this area.
1: That's awesome. So cool. That's so fun. I love that. People yes. need that. Yeah. Cause you're so right. Like farmers, they just want to farm. Yeah. They don't want to figure out the, the ins and outs of getting things from their farm to the consumer yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so being able to bridge that gap for them, that's really But you cool. even
2: have like, let's say with you guys, if you had a product and you figured out how to manufacture it, you, you know, found a contract manufacturer and you had, you know, you were making the product. It's very difficult to be good at a lot of things. So now it's like, wait a minute, how do we get this into all of the stores? How do we do the sales? How do we do the distribution? Mm -hmm. And that obviously in the US, there are many companies doing sales and distribution all over the US in the different states that are legal. But in Canada, you didn't really have that. And the government sits in the middle. So, licensed producers or people like yourselves, if you had a product, you sell that to the government. And then retailers buy. From the government. Uh, so how do the retailers even begin to know what to buy? And the bud tenders yeah. are a huge piece of it in my mind because, especially in Canada, but I believe so in the US as well. So many of these bud tenders are people who love weed. They're super excited to be working at a dispensary. It's not just like, oh, I could work at Starbucks, oh, I could work at the dispensary. It's like I want to work with weed. And so engaging them, I think is the most critical piece of all of those sales, because they're the ones deciding what's going to be in the store in many ways, even if there's a buyer, they're all chatting and Mm -hmm. talking about the products they love. And then when the consumer walks in and is seeing, especially in Canada, where everything's new, it's like, oh, my God, what do I buy? They want to be able to speak intelligently about the products, right? And. This is something that a lot of companies are just trying to deal with the top, like the people that own retail, but they don't realize that the bud tenders are not only your best audience because they sell, they're also consumers. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Right? If you can That's- convince a bud tender to like your product, you have yeah, just sold it. sold it to the entire store. Yeah, And I think that a lot of the bud
2: tenders in that they love, <laughs> weed again they want information how it's made they want to know about these things and it's not just to them about you know the the fact that they might they're their managers pushing them on a certain product, they would really like to speak intelligently about those products. So I'm super excited to work at that level because that's me. I am the bed tender, you know, (laughs) or I wasn't a bud tender, but I would have been if I was, you know, 20s now. So it's like, how much more fun is that than to deal with bankers? Oh my gosh, that's so true. And I feel like
1: that's why we're here too, trying to like, Try all of the things on the market right now, so we can tell people like intelligently, like these are the things you want to try because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And we are doing the extra research that maybe like a normal person doesn't want to Google all of the different terpenes in one strain Yeah, but I would love to do that. I and so, let me. How many let me.
2: Your audience are bartenders, like just so that they can help. a
1: good. A good chunk of them are, I mean, we have a Mm -hmm. lot of delivery drivers too, who, um, you know, deliver weed from the farm to the retailer who will listen to this on their, you know, on their long trips around the state, (laughs) email us, text us, message us on DM. I don't
2: know. Yeah. (laughs) I imagine that they do because you guys are going through the products, reviewing them. I know that we have here groups starting to pop up who where the bartenders can communicate with each other because it's a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe in Washington as well, where you guys are in Oregon. It's like, there's a lot of products. It would be hard to try yeah, all of yeah, them and yeah. it would be expensive for them as well. So it's so great to be able to tune into what you guys are doing and say, Oh, okay. I know them. I trust them. I like the five other products they like. So this sounds like a good one. I can feel confident in recommending it. So I Absolutely. think, totally. so, and for the, like average person who is totally overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Cause you do go into a store and it's like, wow, there's so many things on all the walls. I'm not really sure where I need to focus. And now I've just forgotten what I wanted anyway. Yeah. So
2: many things. Well, and, 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 and so here we have in Ontario, for example, in Canada, you about a year ago, there was probably 25 stores Now, by the end of 2020, we'll have, I think, around 400. So you have a lot of people starting stores and not everybody has retail experience or most would never have run a dispensary before because they weren't legal. And we didn't really have them here until, you know, about a year before legalization. So imagine like I hand you guys a license And say, now you have a store and you'd be like, even though you know all these products and you review them, you'd be like, oh my God, what percentage of my store should be edibles? What percentage, babe, high, Mm -hmm. low? Like it's so overwhelming. And so I think to be able to bridge that gap between retailers, bud tenders, products, brands, and sort of help everybody align (laughs) is something that Mm -hmm. is exciting to me. Different, again, it's a different cliff to
1: jump off of. (laughs) I love yes. it. Yes. Well, thank you. That's a fun. I mean, this is a fun cliff to jump uh, off. yeah. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. I'm gonna keep climbing the mountain and then jumping off. Yeah,
2: so. exactly. And you know what? You land somewhere.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. Speaking of zillions of different products to try, do you guys want to share some smoke really quick? Yeah, sure. Oh I don't think God. I've kept you from this. Okay, we did this last time, but
2: I'm going to move. Okay. And now I'm inside. I'll go outside. What are you guys smoking these days?
1: We have a couple different things here. I think we're going to uh, break into this infused joint. It's from a, a brand called um, Swift. There's dip joints. It's a pineapple oil with Candyland flour. Oh, I'm so jealous of your packaging.
2: I'm going to show you guys <laughs> some know. of our packaging. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Ready? You ready for... The sadness that is our <laughs> packaging. I think I may have shown you it before. Oh, hold on. I can't even find. I can't even find my weed. It's camouflaged. It's like it's a, camouflaged. It's box. a Wait till you see what my stash looks like. It's just like a big <laughs> box that I can't even find. But this would be an example <laughs> of some of the packaging. It's, oh, everybody's it's listening. So I'm basically right showing up. A box with a bunch of warning labels is really over some of it. So, yeah, it's very, it's like this. This is basically what everybody has to do. So you have to just have a big label. Your brand can only be very small. And then you have to put all the warnings on it. So we don't get to have as much fun as you guys.
1: Well, maybe one day. But your stores, I've seen some of your stores, and your stores are really, really cute. Like your specialty boutique shop. I think you're talking about Superette
2: probably, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm like, I
1: want to go there. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go to Canada. So Superette yeah. yeah. is
2: amazing. Mimi, shout out to Mimi, a good friend, and Drummond, her partner. They've done an amazing job there. It is, like, the cutest store ever. And uh, they're just killing it because people are excited to see something different, you know, not yeah. necessarily oh, yeah. everything is like, I don't know about there. Well, I do know there, cause I've been there, but there's like, it feels like people try to do Apple store stylish or very grassroots. And Super, just mm-hmm. has this vibe of it's accessible and it's sort of kitschy and funny and then at the same time it feels stylish but not in a high design like super
1: crazy trying to be an apple store way yeah yeah i can't wait for more stores here to be like that more like little boutique shops we have a couple boutique shops here but nothing like that like that just reminds me of like a cool coffee shop that i want to go to like like their instagram a couple of times so maybe <laughs> you. yeah
2: well it's like interesting because it. i know and we you know have discussed this the world of weed and the culture of weed changing so much and mm-hmm. one of the things that i find nowadays is some of the sort of fun <laughs> you don't find that that as much like the counterculture aspect of weed and it's really weird yeah. having lived through prohibition for most of my life that mm-hmm. it's uh, that whole world that we lived in for so many years it's just like
1: where did it go <laughs> totally. totally let's talk about that yeah, <laughs> That's a talk great segue. such a great segue Love it. Oh wait, what are you smoking on? What um strain do you have? Oh what you got going on? Over there? Like,
2: I'm the worst. Like I am really like the shoemaker's daughter, whatever people give me or my boyfriend has <laughs> given me. I yep. don't even know. It's terrible. I really want to know, awesome. but I guess when my boyfriend's a heavy user and so he's just always buying it. And for him, it's interesting, because I know it's different. I'm worried if I take you outside, the sound might be bad, but you guys will tell me. It's interesting because he uses, you know, throughout the day. So for him, he doesn't seem to get affected by the things that you're talking about on your show. And so he doesn't, Care if it's an indica, if it's a sativa, what the terpene content is, mm-hmm. but it does have impact on me. Like for sure, things with lemon, I can get really like edgy, and then I'll say to him, mm-hmm. "What is this?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> going to get edgy, or maybe I'm not. But we'll find out in a moment. How's, yours? How's yours? Tasting really
1: so nice. good. It's really smooth and a little sweet. Very sweet. Yeah. this. Like last week, and we had it rolling on the floor last week. fit. Yeah, this is like it's on the top of our. Okay, wait. Right? What? Yeah. Train
2: again, pineapple.
1: Candyland.
2: All right. Who knows what? That
1: pineapple candyland. I know. I I don't it's know, not know that one a hybrid anymore. anyway. So
2: that's interesting to me. Like, how do you guys feel? Because you're very young, but like you've now been smoking for a while and the industry's changing too. For you, do you find like, you're just overwhelmed with the amount of strains and you want to stick with what you, what you know, or do you like to, I mean, obviously for the show you try new things, but in general, would you rather stick with what you know or try new things?
1: I like, I like trying new things, but I also like, 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 <sighs> In the, in the past, it seems like as people breed and crossbreed strains, they name the new strain something that like refers back to its parentage. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's not happening as much anymore. So like, if you can guess what the lineage is based on the name of the strain, then you can kind of like get clues. They're like, Oh yeah, I know that I really like, uh, I don't know, chem dogs. So let me try something that I know has chem dogs lineage in it I'll probably like that but if it's just like some random like insane in the Membrane is a, is a strange mm-hmm. name and I'm like what the hell is insane in the Membrane that has nothing to do with anything well, that's,
2: so a, Candyland, that's a song by Cypress So
1: <laughs> well I mean I know that I know that but I mean like it doesn't have anything to do with its lineage right. <laughs> the genetics are <laughs> so Candyland is Granddaddy Purple and Bay Platinum Cookie how would you get that from yeah, Candyland.
2: Well, it's, it's interesting. Actually, this is right here, the 48 North Granddaddy Purple, not what I'm smoking. It's empty, but that was like our first product to market and people love, it was the only, and it might even still be the only Granddaddy Purple in Canada. So people love it. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, nice. I, I love Granddaddy Purple. That one's such a classic. Yeah, yeah exactly. I do tend to lean more towards the like classic strains, but I do like trying all the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, GMO was really popular here. It's still really popular here. So like everyone's coming up with the GMO strains, mm-hmm. but now they're all crafting we had a GMO cookies the other day, you know, so it's like everything's just being crossed with everything. Yeah. And also
2: people are naming things what they aren't really and like making up names. And
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's
2: really, I think that part is overwhelming for most of the consumers too. The consistency, mm-hmm. like being able to find product right. that is consistently that product. And I think that is all of our goals really is for people to be able to, have a consistent experience with with weed and it's really really hard because it's really hard to grow weed on a mass
1: scale (laughs) Mm -hmm. it really is (laughs) and
2: so that's why i think what you guys were saying too about the farmers and it's you know trying the systems have to come together i'm going to go inside now because what you have is i mean you're in a your state's not the biggest state and Oregon's not the biggest state but it's still big enough that from a distribution standpoint you know people stores I imagine would like to carry the same stuff consistently and it's hard to do that right and so we've got mm-hmm. to match up the way weed works like when I think about back in the day again I didn't have the knowledge that you guys have at all you went to your dealer and you gave them money and they gave you a bag and you didn't even think to ask what it was like we didn't know about this kind of stuff so but now that people do they want to have what they like and how do you do that on in, in a micro way so when you have smaller growers or smaller farms that are growing good product of course they can't be in store all the time so it's I think the system has to evolve, especially in Canada, to a place where you can have these smaller grows, have products out there, because I find their weed tends to be better, at least here. I don't know about there.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's like a craft beer, craft brewery situation where they're like able to like really look at every single brew or every single grow and say, this is the direction that I want to take this. Yeah, Um, I totally agree. They won't.
2: I mean, here in Canada, we have micro licenses and they're very small amount. So they would never be able to Mm. supply an entire province worth of of flour. And because we don't have like you do where you could make a deal with the store and say, okay, I'm just going to supply you because we sell to the government. And then that product must be offered equally to all retailers. It's part of our regulation. It's very, very difficult, right? So, yeah is is difficult in that way here and it's not really built for yet for smaller producers and that's (laughs) the part that's hard because you have people in the black market that would like to come into the legal market um but you know the money is just not there for them to do it they don't have the money to invest in it like we see that in northern california as well many of the growers in the emerald triangle thought they wanted to get licenses and ultimately were like well i don't have a quarter of a million dollars to put towards licensing yeah right so i i'm always so curious i wish i could fast forward 10 years and see
1: (laughs) i know what it's going to be like i know well let's let's rewind the clock (laughs) like i don't know 20 years yeah what was the cannabis culture 20 years ago? 30, I don't know. Well, this 20. is the
2: interesting thing. So, I didn't even know as somebody who smoked weed regularly back then. And when I say regularly, I'm saying like daily, not during the day, because I've never been someone who can really function that way. But I didn't even know about 420. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. what's interesting to me is the culture was underground. I felt underground in my own way, but I think as a white woman which is a completely different experience um obviously than a person of color it it was just a different experience for me using weed my risk profile like in terms of my fears were obviously significantly less and i could be more out there about it in my own way but the culture was extremely male so you just had a lot of guys that that sort of owned that cannabis culture Um, and they also were very out there in a way that I don't know that even I, as a woman was comfortable with in terms of, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have worn the weed hat that I wear these days or any of that stuff. You just, the mentality was, there was just so much stigma associated with it that as a professional, as an academic, you just didn't talk about those things. So the culture really existed for a certain group of people who I guess were really Mm -hmm. wanting to um, own it, like not own it in a bad way, but in a great way. And thanks to them, I take no credit for this because I played no part in moving forward, the ending of prohibition. Right. So Mm -hmm. it was just, it was a really different time. And even back, not that many years ago in 2014 and going to the cannabis cups and seeing Mm -hmm. that whole scene, I, I, feel sad that this doesn't exist anymore sorry hold on Mm, actually I'm just doing a podcast (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) so yeah it, it was just it was obviously much like harder to connect like think about what you guys are doing and providing and people who love weed and want to know more can tune in we didn't have these you know, there was no podcast yeah. and there was no, radio. how
1: did, how did you meet, how did you meet your first dealer? How did that whole like connect happen? Cause that's a thing that <sighs> yeah. the, that we don't have to deal with now, you know, like yeah. having to meet your dealer in the parking lot. What was yeah. that kind of so experience? I'd say when it started, it would be
2: somebody at school that was older than you, that you knew what that, you know, so your friend be like, I'm going to go ask him. And then they sold you oregano and then you. you (laughs) That was the first time. And then, you know, it was, it was, it was a difficult thing. And I would say most of my friends, it was through our boyfriends, not that they were dealers, but they would have that relationship because, you know, you were going into more dangerous parts of the city or being on a street corner at night or doing those things. So It amazes me now that people who are of legal age can just walk into a store because I think about, I probably for the first 15 years, like didn't have my own connection yet. Like think about what that would mean (laughs) if you were using it. It just meant that you had to rely on somebody who would go and do that. So it was hard and it was always word of mouth. And if somebody had something great, you'd say, can you text or back then not even give me the AI. the landline yes. for your dealer and then you know but they'd have to call them first to say that you were okay it yeah. was just all that kind of stuff and I always say the thing I never loved not because of any reason other than I just didn't love it was like going to somebody's apartment having to make small talk and like it's the like, worst you know, I just want to take this and go <laughs> I know. And then you feel bad because I'm saying later when I did have my own connections, then if you were going like every other week, let's say you knew this person well, but I still didn't feel like having a conversation. Yeah, totally. So you just felt like you had to sit down and be like, Hey, how's everything going? Okay. Oh, you know what? I got to, oh, that's right.
1: Um, yeah and then all of a sudden they start like breaking up a, a nug and they're like all of a sudden rolling straight yeah. you're like shit I'm in wow. here for a joint yeah. like I yeah. did not want to stay here this yeah long. yeah <laughs> but no, I'm not gonna God. say no <laughs> but now I'm amazed because
2: even in the black market like with delivery and all that which again there wasn't like the internet really I mean there was by the time I was of the right age but it was not the internet like we know it today so you weren't like googling and someone could online deliver something so now I look and I hear people like you know in COVID even pull up in their car pop the trunk and there's like a can for the money in the trunk (laughs) so I'm like it's just you know it's amazing the black market thrives and survives here in Canada. I'm sure there as well. But I just, again, curious what this time frame is going to be for people to really cross over into the legal
1: world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then you've also just kind of been involved in the counterculture in general quite a bit, right? Like, didn't last time we talked about your Grateful Dead days and how yes. you follow what <laughs> it was, right? And you follow them around a little bit. Like, yeah. I mean... Even now, like that's, it's kind of parallel to what a lot of kids do nowadays as far as like raids and festivals go. You know, they'll they'll they follow the festivals and you know, you know what is it? Cascade, Cascade's the one that has like people who literally follow him around to every single. Yeah, time ever. yeah. Like, what was it like being in that environment? Oh my god, you know? that was. Tell us about your deadhead days. Best <laughs> of times. It really
2: was the best of times. It was like. Just incredible. The parking lot scene. I don't know if this happens still at your festivals, but like, you know, the dead would generally play one or two or three nights in the same place. So the parking lots were like, everybody would just spend all day there before and after the show, you could buy grilled cheese, burritos, Nitrous balloons, we yeah. whatever you know you wanted, and it was just a freer time. Like it just when I look at the world, I do I feel like really for you guys, like I in my twenties, like who even thought about the environment or or a Donald Trump or any of these things. So the Dead really was the only thing of its kind at that time, which was this incredible music with this incredible culture that surrounded it and it just as somebody who smoked weed it just all <laughs> came together in that way and being from Canada as well often you know it'd be down in the states and in California and so it just felt like you were part of even I mean this is like we're talking now like the late 80s early 90s but it was almost felt like the (laughs) seventies. So everybody misses what they, what they missed out on. And, and that was like such, and that was such a big influence on me too, even in my career now, which is just the values that I have in community and just even the respect that I have for the plants and for doing business the right way, I think really just came out of those experiences of being around that hippie culture and understanding that you can, be a successful business person and do things in the right way, which is, I think critical for the world we're living in right now.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I do, I hope that consumers now, and I I know that they are out there because we are them, but like, I really appreciate weed for what it is. And like, because we have experienced like going and getting our black market weed behind Dairy Queen and like, having those uncomfortable situations so it's like we've been in both worlds and I feel like there might be a little bit less of an appreciation of like how you procure the weed right. where it's like okay it's just readily available so it's just there back then it was like oh you got it. I ha- I got a quarter right. yeah I got a yeah. quarter this time yeah. and look how much it is you know and it's like now I'm like oh this looks kind of small you know and I just I sometimes wish like there was that more appreciation of like what it is, but it is just so readily available that. Well, yeah, I think
2: I agree sense. with you in some ways and, and in others, I think we all just have to like, let go of that nostalgia and all of that, because obviously we could all agree the three of us that if everybody <laughs> smoked weed, the weed would world would be a better place. So yeah, that will yeah. come. But what I do often say about, <laughs> about the vapes, cause I don't vape and, I don't really like vapes. So I'm always like, there is a whole generation of, of, you know, young people who only use vapes, who think they're getting high that if they smoked joint would be like, Oh my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, what is the right.
2: world yeah yeah so, but it I know that's really insane cool. because like great if that's how they chill out for me it's like anything that can get you through this journey but also like I hate alcohol so I'm like oh if this turns somebody from alcohol to that or they never start up with that then I'm like okay i I can live with your vaping if it's you know doing those things but I hope that people will try all these different products and like understand what it's all about I I think it's always going to be a certain subsection of this world that want to go deep into anything right and then you'll have your people just like they pick up their wine they pick up their weed and that's okay too as long as it keeps the whole industry going Mm -hmm. but you must find it there as well like you've had legalization for longer so I I don't know but it's I imagine the black market's a lot smaller than it used to be I
1: I mean it definitely is I don't even know I know it's there but I have no I don't know you
2: exclusively buy legal weed yeah it's amazing yeah I hope we say that one day here (laughs) <laughs> I think we're at like seventeen percent of something. All of all, weed is bought legally. Only seventeen?
1: Okay, really? I only guess if the, okay, Canada's like giant yeah. yeah, yeah. And then four hundred stores for the whole. No, the no, four hundred
2: in Ontario. So oh, is yeah. a province, oh, like, oh. but Ontario okay. is a province of fourteen million people. So that would be like Washington, yeah. Oregon, Colorado. You yeah. still need another yeah. one in there to be the, the size of Ontario in terms of the population. Yes, it's so it's not a lot of stores for Ontario, for sure. Like if you compare it to the amount of liquor stores we have, I think it's something like, I can't remember, maybe it's like 1600. So... It's nowhere near. And don't forget, we're not at 400 yet. I think right now we're at 100. Mm -hmm. And that's spread out across a very, very big province. So access is definitely, I think, an issue. Like if you have a store across the street from your your home, you're probably going to start to migrate yourself there in some way. But I don't know. I don't know because then you have the online delivery from the black market. It's like, I don't know. Is, is
1: delivery legal in Canada? Do they have delivery services? So,
2: the okay. government in Ont- legal each one. province, which are what a province for us is like a state for you, is has different rules. And um, okay. in Ontario, which is the largest province, and where I live in Toronto is in Ontario, the only people allowed to deliver are the government. Do <laughs> you have an order from the buying, government? I love website. that you're buying weed. Right. Uh, yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I know. It's like in some ways you guys there are probably like, "Oh, that's so awesome." But for me it's like, "No, take the government out of the equation maybe." <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, well, no, it like, sounds terrible. What exactly. a waste of time for them. They could like have a, you know, a private industry, private business do all of that. And this seems yeah. just like a waste of government resources. They could be putting their time and energy towards a lot of other things. I
2: mean, I think in some ways It's great. Like, here's where I can tell you it's good. So, we know in California, and I'm sure it happens in Washington and Oregon too, a lot of the retailers don't wind up paying their bills or, you know, all of that stuff. You sell to the government, they pay, right? So, you don't have to. The other thing is what we just talked about before, which is if you're a small, grower or you girls like said hey we want to make a product like now you got to figure out how to get it in every store of course you still have that challenge here as I said but you can like the government everybody's selling to the government the provincial government of Ontario and if you're a retailer you just go on their wholesale site and you buy everything you need from there Right. So you're not trying to connect with different distributors and some might deliver or might not deliver there. You know, I think it does create a bit of an ease for the retailers in that way. I can tell you a hundred thousand ways that it creates challenges, but in that sense, it is trying. They are trying to curate and equalize, and of course, they take taxes. So it's not as though they don't make right. money off this this right. endeavor. But yeah, it's it's a very different system in Canada. We're obviously federally legal. You guys, I don't know what's going to happen in your election. <laughs> are we are we going to have an election?
1: Like
2: <laughs> I don't know. Are you? What are they saying?
1: I don't know. Roll the dice. I have
2: no idea. Oh my God, it is madness down there. It's Why? amazing that you continue keeping on with your lives as is with everything. Know. you have.
1: Compartmentalizing a lot, I guess.
2: I know it's, yeah. it's always <laughs> very weird, I think, too, because your day to day, like here we are doing the podcast, like you can live your day to day without understanding the impact, especially for you guys. Obviously, there's a large groups of people out there whose lives are majorly impacted by all this day to day. But it's just when we watch it from here, like tonight. Are you guys gonna watch the
1: debate? I don't, know, oh, I don't know. I think my I think my fiance will probably watch it, so I'll have it have it like playing in the wings. But I like he it, the same it thing happened with the presidential debate, and I was like, this is just buffoonery, yeah. like from everyone. This is just buffoonery. Yeah, and I, I just like can't suffer the it. The day after, and I was just like, they're just yelling at each other they're just cutting each other off he no one's answering any of the questions no. they're just yabbering about literally nothing
2: that's why i think tonight you should watch because hopefully these two you'll actually get a sense of what's really going on
1: I hope
2: so. Hopefully, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll tune in. I'll tune in some way. I might wait for the highlight reel. Well, <laughs> luckily Kamala Harris is very pro cannabis, so yeah. that could be a major turn, and that's what you need. I mean, I think in Canada, the legalization federally, and then the government declaring it an essential service during COVID has really helped with the stigma uh, around the plant because. Clearly, if it's an essential service, it's not something that we need to look down on. So, that I think was a huge boost for people. But of course, you still have that generation gap where people my age and older still hiding it from their kids, still (laughs) scaring to talk about it with their employers and always be like, but it's legal, but it's legal. And it's so hard to break out of a mentality. That made no sense to begin with, but it just was. We knew that that's the way you were perceived. You would never tell someone your yeah. job you smoked weed because they'd think you were useless. It was mm-hmm. just a, a different time, so I think that that's the exciting part. But we definitely need the U.S. to legalize. Yes, yes. agreed. Yes, we do, <laughs> yes, we do. absolutely. Oh, we'll get there.
1: Yes. Baby steps. One moment at a time, one crazy (laughs) catastrophe at a time. So one other thing that you've been sharing on your Instagram that I yeah. that we I think I think it's safe to say that we've loved yes. following yes. It, yeah. is your home grow. You want to see <laughs> it? You know, wanna... I guess
2: we're talking yes. so people can't see it, but I'll show you where we're at right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. show us, and then we can describe them. But you yeah, have it. your little babies that you've been growing all summer. I know, and now and like us. they're
2: so much smaller because we've trimmed them. You've Trimmed them,
1: yeah. <laughs> Tell so, us a little bit about what you ha- oh who you God. have over there.
2: God, they're not looking good. They need to be watered. I feel terrible. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one's my very favorite strain. <clears throat> Where's my bike? <clears throat> and I think oh, that nice. it's starting to get nice colas, so you can oh, yeah, see, right. I don't know if you can see. Cute. These are great. Really <laughs> nice. Some are more sparse. Like you're looking here. Wait, sorry. And it's like, you know, you're not gonna get such big buds there.
1: Yeah, but they are. But it's been,
2: I really cannot recommend highly enough growing your own because first of all, it gives you a real appreciation (laughs) for the hard work that the growers are doing. And look, having run a few facilities, I've you know, had big indoor grows, outdoor grows. So I thought, oh, I know all this. And I grew last year a little bit, but I didn't give it the attention. And this year I was like, I'm really going to try. And I was like, this is hard. You know, (laughs) it's not that it's hard to figure out, it's that it requires attention a lot. And, but it's such an interesting experience because the plant just the way it changes, the way it starts to form buds, now as it's getting towards, the end of it's of her cycle you know she's expressing herself in different ways and it just it's a beautiful thing I really think everyone should do it like one time <laughs>
1: maybe wow.
2: not more but especially where you guys are I don't know if it's legal there here we're allowed to have four plants I have six but at whose count
1: oh you rebel <laughs> yeah it's actually illegal for home growth here in Washington. Really? I think you can if you're- if you have a medical, medical. Car, But yeah, recreational. Recreational. Illegal. illegal. In Oregon, you can. You can grow like six, six. plants and a then, person per household. Right? Yeah. So it's like if you have five adults, you can have well, six. 40 plants? Yeah. 30 plants? 30, 30 plants? Plant. I <laughs> Because I think is that true I think there's a cap I think there's a household cap yeah
2: because I originally when they announced it here we all thought it was four plants per adult and then it was like no it's four plants per household and it was like oh mm. but I have six but okay. mm. <laughs> you know it, it's just it's been it's it's great because as I said I think you can start to understand the plant more and again weed's not cheap so it is a lot of work <laughs> but I will get like significant amount of product there. I, that's what I keep saying. Cause my boyfriend's like, this is it. I'm like, it's
1: going to be a lot. It's going to be good. He, they look like they some look good really buds nice, on there. Yeah. Some like nice thick ones. Well, this is like,
2: what people don't understand a lot is even though I said the growing is hard, it's not really hard. It's just somewhat time consuming, but it's not as the precision really comes in when you harvest and how you dry. So I've yet to hit yeah. the hard part. And I don't even know where I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to take over a bathroom and put it in a humidifier because <laughs> it it'll have like a fan in it. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to have to go out and buy a tent. But it's obviously getting cold here too. And so the cultivars that um, I got from my friends, so I've got like painkiller, where's my bike, do-si-do, sherbert, um, one I, Juanita, and I can't remember what the last one is, they're really outdoor strains, I'm sorry, indoor strains, so mm. I keep calling my friend who's a grower who gave me the plants and saying, like, what, like, they're not ready yet, and he's like, I told you those are indoor plants, so they're not <laughs> until November, so I'm like, oh my god, the frost is coming, can you imagine if we can still grow? They're in, they're in pots though, right? Like maybe
1: you can bring them inside at night for a week or so. Okay. So I did that
2: when they weren't flowering before I called him to realize that they're longer growing strains and it literally like schlepping them in, trying to get them into the dark bathroom break. I broke like a stem. I was like, okay, no, we're not moving them. Someone's like, you know, throw a blanket over them and you can do that, but then moisture and you can get mold and it's like, geez, it's really yeah. not a weed. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. really is a little bit more high maintenance than than a weed. But yeah, it's it's just been so much fun and like to see people's comments. And again, like the community's so awesome. You guys are awesome. And just like everybody coming in and saying, like giving Ideas and comments, and I'm like, wow, I love weed people. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too.
1: that's a great community. They're so
2: great here. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the part I think. What we're awesome. saying, like, how does it evolve? Like to your point about people mm-hmm. seeing it as a, a consumer product, like we were saying before. You know, you don't really sit and think about where your food. Well, people do think about where their food is made. That's not true, but you understand that it's we, we're not as in touch with that whole system, so that's my hope that people will grow. I do think young people will grow because I think that the world is so chaotic that people are growing a lot of things. Hopefully they're growing their weed too. Are you allowed to grow yes. fruit and vegetables?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a, we had a good garden. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty nice. We got some mildew patches, but still harvested a ton of tomatoes yes. and tomatillos yeah. and I don't know. We had, oh, One day potatoes. We, yeah. One day we'll be able the potatoes to were have... really good cannabis to
2: our Liberty Garden yeah <laughs> yeah you guys I'm sure could just do it you're like near the Oregon border you could say like I thought we were in Oregon Right. Exactly. I know we'll just like I'm throw it I'm over God. the river yeah that's such a it's weird thing too yeah. like that's I mean that's why it's exciting to hopefully hold on <coughs> have your legalization come soon because it's so weird to me, and we've talked about this before, that you could like cross the state line and it's a completely different set of rules and engagement around yeah, cannabis yeah. and and yeah. you guys seem to like Oregon weed better, right?
1: Um, I mean, okay. yeah. I feel like I don't know. Oregon weed is really good. I they're both really good. It's just Oregon, you just have to drive farther away to get it, honestly. It's very yeah. really accessible. <laughs> accessibility about it. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm in if I'm in Portland, I will hit that up a, yeah, hit up a distance. Where do you go in Portland? What's your store? Um Americana R X is really good. And oh my God, I'm totally liking on the other one. Electric lettuce. Yes. That one. Electric lettuce is super yeah, cute. So cute. I really like that one. I like that store. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've been to Nectar, a bunch of Nectar locations and they're like they have like Sixty locations all around portland yeah They're kind of amazing but yeah i like them too and what yeah. about in washington in washington we do the herbary a lot right. high-end marketplace in mm-hmm. vancouver these are all stores in vancouver where we're from yeah um i guess those are the oh, two five. Primary i like high five in vancouver but it's in a very awkward spot and i'm never there so yeah but yeah we got some good stores down here, Amsterdam. Oh, new yeah, new, new Amsterdam. Amsterdam. That's a good one too. So you have a lot of but
2: stores for the size of your population.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. Yes, we Compared do. Compared to you, yes. I think there are twelve licenses just in our county. So for the quarter million or whatever people that we have in our county, we have twelve stores. Is- or maybe there's maybe there's ten operating stores and twelve licenses, or something like that. And so do yeah, they, and stores. do they
2: have consistently the same product, or it's always different? It's- they
1: do actually <laughs> mm-hmm. they do have the well not always necessarily the same strains I feel like a lot of the growers have like their staple strains but then they'll and give they themselves rotation. like yeah room to rotate and do some research and development strains and stuff like that too and
2: that's really interesting because I was talking about that with this grower friend who gave me the clones before and we were saying like here because you're trying to have that consistency like we talked about so let's say with 48 north and the granddaddy purple like you really want to always have that available for people because they like it but in the culture it was always like you said before but what's hot now people wanted to try new strains and like what's new what's new what's new and it's really hard in this system that's more legal if you think about it you go into a liquor store and they have jack daniels and they have you know whatever uh, sky vodka whatever it might be Mm -hmm. and You don't walk into an alcohol store to buy Jack Daniels and they're sold out and be like, oh, good on Jack Daniels. They sold out. You're like, why don't they have my Jack Daniels? So we're trying to create this system here. And I don't know if this system works with weed in the same way. I mean, we will find out, but it's really hard to do that. I mean, maybe with vape and some edibles and certain extracted products, you could try and consistently have the same thing, especially if they're with a distillate or an isolate. But when we're talking about flower, it's like, it's mm-hmm. a plant. It grows differently. It, you know, yeah. it's yeah. Just a whole different world. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Where it yeah it's
1: not fully totally predictable.
2: It's not. Yeah. And so, as you said, like they're trying to have their staple and bring in new at the same time and it's like a lot of work
1: (laughs) for them Mm, yeah 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 we're also very like as consumers very forgiving about like oh man okay well then that was a really good batch and i know that this max strain is really good so next time they have they have it i'm definitely getting it but here's something that's going to be similar because that's something that we can do it's like if we don't have this you can do this Yeah, you can do that. You know, you get a similar, similar effect. Do you usually
2: Um, buy based on the farm or the company or based on the strain? Like if they're out of the strain you like from the company or the farm, because I remember a few years ago being in Washington, actually in, in Seattle, I guess right after legalization. And one of the dispensaries, it was so interesting to me, they listed by farm. So they might have 10 different Blue Dreams, but you were sort of looking by farm and it made sense to me that you would do it like that. I just didn't know if people buy in that way or if they just are buying whatever, if they like Blue Dream, they'll buy whatever Blue Dream.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i think i buy by strain, and then if there's multiple like for example for blue dream if there are multiple blue-, blue dreams in the store then i'll pick the farm that i know that i like better Interesting. that's funny i buy by farm right so i'll go into the store and check out what farms there are and what strains off uh, the farms have available and then I'll within the farm availability that's, that's funny. funny that is funny <laughs> yeah and it's like in some ways
2: both makes (laughs) that you can see the value of both, but it's, I guess with the farm side of it, picking by farm, like you understand the quality of that, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. in some ways it would be like going into the gap to buy a sweater versus going into Hermes to buy a sweater, right? It's like, you're judging the quality based on the farm brand. And that's probably Mm -hmm. right. But at the same time, you know, you love a blue dream. (laughs) Exactly, (sighs) It's crazy. And imagine just sitting in that whole supply chain. It's like, that's (laughs) what's so interesting about being in this industry is it's like we all are playing our role, you guys are playing your role. We're all playing our role and figuring out what this is going to look like, and we all none of us really know. No, nope.
1: it's so fun, <laughs> it's so fun, and it's just so personal to the person, yeah. And it's like it really makes us have to look at ourselves like we, it's like, oh, I do like this, or I do like that, or I definitely don't like that, mm. you know. It makes you experiment with yourself and like figure out what you like, which is then is like if when you're looking inward, you just learn more about yourself anyway. Yeah. Making you a better person. So true. It's so true. true. It is so
2: true. And it's interesting because even when it was just medical here and even now, when people say like, oh, I used to smoke weed, but it made me anxious. So I haven't any years. And of course I'm like that crazy person that's like well then you just haven't tried the right thing and let's talk about what you don't even know and like and then people are like oh why are you pushing this on me and I'm like oh I'm going to push this on you but (laughs) it's interesting because on the medicinal side when we were just medicinal here it was a hard thing to articulate to patients what was easy to articulate it was hard for them to follow like the which is like it could take you six months to figure out what's going to work for you
1: you know, it's it's
2: a plant based medicine, and everyone's going to have different feelings and and react in different ways. And this is what I find fascinating about it. But I think as a culture, we're used to like taking pills and a certain, you know, you your headache goes away, or whatever happens in the pharmaceutical realm. And this just isn't the way it is with weed. So to your point earlier, there is an exploration that really does need to happen if someone is going to have a positive experience with the plant mm-hmm. Totally,
1: so true yeah. so let's just share the positive vibes exactly. share the positive cannabis vibes all around I know
2: and I love a, that you guys are taking up the torch you're oh yeah there <laughs> helping people and like know what's what and I just I love it. It's the whole world is going to change from this, right? Like
1: Uh, that's the goal. Think about how
2: many people are listening that are going, Oh my God, I'm not a freak. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the point. I love it. Like a safe space where we all can
1: come together and like be weird together and
2: smoke weed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And as women, it's so amazing too. really, I know it's like sounds cliche or trade or people talk about it but like it truly was not like this like as I said like I would never have thought about going I didn't know about 420 I wouldn't have been invited or gone to these events like I it just wasn't that world but here I was like a you know regular user and yet I wasn't connected in any way to that culture and now I look and like my Instagram page is just like women in weed and I'm like my God, who would have thought? And I love it. And now we just need women to get into these higher positions to be able to influence change in different ways, and also diversity on all level. Like, there's obviously yeah. way more women in the industry than there is anyone of color. It's crazy. You go to the conferences, it's like the whitest sea of white. And so, I don't know how you know that needs to change, and all of it needs to change. Otherwise, it's just another white male yep. industry
1: mm-hmm. yep. we are not going to allow that to nope. happen <laughs> the nope. three of us at least <laughs> will like far arms exactly. and be like get out we has got to let some yeah. ladies and minorities in well I think yeah. for
2: you guys it's so you know you're reviewing products and I think part of that review Obviously, if it's possible, it's not always an easy thing to figure out, but like who's behind these companies and maybe it's not every single product, but, you know, it'd be great to see people like we've seen through the different movements that have arisen out of during COVID, just like buying local or block buying from a yeah. business run by a woman of color or whatever it might be. I think the mm-hmm. same goes for weed, which is think about who the companies you're buying from, because that's your, your dollars capitalism kind of rules the day. So that's where you can really vote. And it's not just who's the head of the company who's on the board. And, and if you want to to think the industry to change, then support those brands and products that have diversity within their organization.
1: Yes, I love it. Clap, clap, snap, snap. Yes. Do that Allison, where can people find you on the internet? Can you plug yourself, plug
2: wherever you want to yes. plug real quick? So well I think for now they can just find me on Instagram. This is always so hard. I'm cannabis culturist which is cannabis c u l t u r I S T And then we're just starting to build out, it's still private, our other people's pot um, Instagram and getting all that together, but definitely wanna like get your guys feedback and your viewers feedback as we launch that because we really do wanna bring some of the fun, grassroots, less polished vibe back into weed and just like like everyone wants to laugh. (laughs)
1: Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what did <laughs> you
2: guys say at the beginning? You were like, oh, when you were smoking this, you're like, oh, we love this. We laugh so hard. It's like, exactly. exactly. The
1: ideal, ideal high.
2: Right? Okay. It's not like, oh my God, I felt like I was in an Apple store.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I want to laugh. I want to be weird. And I don't want to be judged for
2: it. <laughs> you are not judged for it at all. No, and never. You've got to keep doing what you guys are doing. And as I said, try and promote the best you can, the companies that represent the values that you guys are about. And that's like the way we're going to change things too. And vote. Absolutely. You guys vote. And vote. vote. Yes. yes. <laughs>
1: I on my list i'm waiting for my ballot in the mail really
2: (laughs) get it out there early voting people early voting i'm not even american we don't even have it all (laughs) (laughs) we've got our little
1: everybody
2: yeah our young prime minister who i now appreciate so much because i'm like why does everyone have to be an old white man that runs for president those guys could not even get jobs running a company Sorry. This yeah. So true. I
1: know. it's so true. Oh, no, right.
2: Cut so it right. out! Cut that well, off! Don't call well. it <laughs> <It's just> <laughs> Fun, but thank yes. you guys. I want to come back thank and
1: so
2: bring some of my amazing. It's an all-woman team. You've got to meet them. They're the super. Yes. And I'm the oldest by far, so it's just like <laughs> so exciting to see them thrive and grow and be able to like help. This next generation. So, I'm going to make you have us on and chat with them about their world. Yeah. I love it. I We're so way. there. Oh, my well, good know, luck with everything know. there. Stay safe, ladies. Thank you. We thank you, YouTube. Bye, guys.
1: So chat. Bye. Wow. Thanks, Allison, for chatting with us today. This was so fun, and we can't wait to connect with you again. And thank you to all of our listeners out there for joining us for another show. And smoking along and chilling with us. Thanks for being here. Y'all are awesome. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe. And do you want to support the show? Uh, there's a link in our, the show notes. You can click. <laughs> or you can go to anchor.fm slash chronic-gals and become a monthly supporter there for as little as 99 cents a month. Follow us on Instagram at gals underscore podcast. And we'll talk to you next time on another episode of The Chronic, chronic Gals. gals.